prayer. Let's join our faith together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness, who you are and who you are to us, Lord. We ask for direction, revelation, anointing and utterance tonight, Lord. We pray that it be your words and not the ideas and opinions of man, but the very true words of God that come forth. And we open our hearts up to you tonight. Change our lives. Change our thinking. Motivate us in a different way. Give us light on your love and on your goodness and help us to go further with you than we've ever been before. And we pray that we'll change others as you change us. And we thank you for it, and we give you glory in advance for every good thing that will happen in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's open up our Bibles to Isaiah 40. I was sitting there, and he changed the way I was going to start the message already. So that's always a good sign, because we don't want my way, right? Isaiah 40, verse 31. And let's look at it in the Amplified Bible. Amplified. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him. You know, and so, so often we look at that and we look at wait, and you know people say serve Him, and yes, you want to serve Him. But truly that means to expect. To wait means to expect. You know, and so often what we expect is what we get. <laughs> Good or bad. Something or not something. What we expect is what we get. Our expectation of people or our expectation of God is most generally exactly what we get from God. In fact, is it is what we, exactly what we get from God. And our expectation of God is built on our image of God. Our expectation of every person is built on, on our image of a person. Think about this, husbands and wives. When you get married, your husband or your wife wasn't a husband or a wife. They were a boy or a girl. They were a man, you know. But sometimes we have an image of what a husband's supposed to be or an image of what a wife's supposed to be. Right? And so we marry this person, but we've got an image of what we think they ought to be. That's when you're going to have trouble in your marriage right there, by the way. Just let, let me tell you. Because I, my image of a, husband, or a wife may not be who I married. Right? And we're trying to change them into our image. And that's what we do with God so many times. We get saved... And then we build God's image out of what we think about Him or what we thought He was before we got saved or what religion taught us He was. And it changes our expectation of Him. It changes what our faith will be in Him and it changes what we'll ever receive from Him because our expectation is built on our image of Him. And, you know, people say, oh, God's good all the time. They sing the song, God is good all the time. And then they say, but you know... He'll put you in the fire to teach you something. He'll beat you if he has to to get you to get across his message. No, God truly is good all the time. He truly is good. You know the verse where it talks about God reigning on the just and the unjust? Because God doesn't change. He's the rain, right? 
What's in the ground is what's going to grow. He didn't put it there. <laughs> you don't like? If you plant poison ivy and the good rain comes, guess what you're going to get? Poison ivy. If you plant good stuff and the good rain comes. You know, people say, well, he was, he's changed since the Old Testament. He was harder. No, he still rained. There just was bad stuff in the ground. And every time he rained, bad stuff came up. He hasn't changed. And see, that's what we got. That's the image and nature of God that we have to stick with. God has not changed and does not change. The person of God and the Word of God are the two immutable things that's talked about in Hebrews. The character of God and the person of God have not changed. He's good and He does good. That's, that's who He is. That's what He does. And that's what we should expect. Amen? When we're believing for something in our life, we want to expect of His goodness, but we have to have an image that He's good. Right? You have to believe He's good first. You're not just going to get it. Let's Think about this. When you're praying for something, when you're praying for something, look in your heart before you ask. Do you have faith for what you're asking before you ask it? Amen? And your faith shouldn't be in your faith. Right? You got people saying, I, I, I got enough faith for this. That's faith in faith. You, God doesn't say have faith in faith. Jesus said have faith in God. So the first thing you want to do is have an image, a good image of who you're putting your faith in. Because your faith is trust. It's hope. Amen? It's expectation. And when you put your trust in God, He always answers back. And He answers back out of His love, out of His mercy, out of His kindness. And so many times we, we expect Him to answer back out of His anger. Right? Or we expect Him to answer back because we've been so good. Or bad. Right? You know, you get a lot of people that say, you know, I've been doing all kinds. I've been working at the church. I've been serving, sitting on the front row. Man, I sang so loud, everybody heard me last week. <laughs> There's no way I don't get healed, by golly. Sickness comes my way. I'm a good person. I'm getting healed. No, you got a good God. Right. And yes, you are getting healed. Amen. Yes, you are. Healing is yours because you have a good God, not because of what you did. Yes, Put the Word of God. Just quote your scriptures. Hang them on the mirror. Why? Because it fills you with the image of His goodness. Don't, don't just look at by His stripes I'm healed and think about, look at that verse. Think about by the stripes of love. Jesus went to the whipping post and took stripes on His back for me to receive healing. Amen? It's so much more than that. Jesus did a work to get you something for free. Amen? But it, your image of what you're going to get and your expectation is what you're going to get. I, recently we were, we had a whole bunch of different things going on at both these churches and got through them all. And uh, God stopped me for just a minute and He said, what was your expectation when all this started? And, and I won't tell you the situation because it's too close to home. But I thought back and I thought, what was my expectation? Was it based on my personal experience or my experience of God? 
right? Think about this. If you go to the hospital over and over again and the people that you go to see don't make it, then you'll start basing what, how you expect this to end on how it's been ending before. Amen? See, and that didn't change God's Word. Right? We should, we should expect God's end every time. God's will. Our job is to have faith in God. God said, believe me. Believe me for good things. Amen? And, and He put it in His Word that His will is good. And so when we pray in our own lives or we pray for others, our expectation should be victory. Right? You know, you got a lot of people say, well, you know, if they pass away, that's ultimate healing. No. <laughs> Brother Moore said it, I think, last night. On his, did anybody watch him? He said it in Colorado. I think he said it last night or said it recently anyway. Uh, you, if you don't get healed here, you don't get healed. There's no healing in heaven. You don't need to be healed in heaven. There's no sickness there. <laughs> right? Yeah, your body doesn't go there and get healed. The, the sick body stays here. Right? Or the well body stays here with you in it. One, one, of, those two th- one of those two things is going to happen. Right? You don't, you don't get healed in heaven. And God doesn't take you out of here to heal you. Right? When we pray and ask God, our faith first and foremost must be in God, and then your image of God is what your faith is in. Does that make sense? Because we want to grow our image of God. Right? I want, I want to know Him in the power of His res- resurrection, just like Paul said. I want to know... You know what the power of His resurrection was? You know why He went to the cross? Why did He die? Because He loved me and you. I want to know more about that. I want to know more about the love of God for me and for everyone else because that's, what, that's, that's what's going to give you the best image of Him. The image of God is Jesus. You don't have to read any further than the four Gospels to find out what God's like. Right? Right? Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews uh, 1, verse 3. It's talking about Jesus. It says, "...who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person." And it didn't just mean he looked like him, he acted like him. Everything Jesus did is exactly what God would do. And what did it say in Acts 10.38? What what did Jesus do? This was his ministry. Jesus' whole ministry was he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil as long as he wanted to. No. It says he healed all those that are oppressed of the devil. How many believe that when you got saved, he forgave all your sins? Right? Well, right after that in, in Psalm 103, what is it, 103, it says he healed all your diseases. Healed a. Heals a. How about that? Heals all your diseases. It's the same God. We don't want just the image of our sins forgiven. We want the image of our body healed. Right? Everything that God has is good. You know, the people like David that would recognize his goodness, God said of those people, he's got a heart like mine. 
That's why David had a heart after God's because he saw his goodness. If you look at what da- the Psalms that David wrote, he wrote about his loving kindness, his unfailing love, his mercy that endures forever. If you look at what David knew about God, he knew he loved him. He knew he loved him. Even when David made a dumb mistake, right? He didn't run away from God. Why? Because he knew the loving God. And see, when we have the right image of our Father, we won't run away from Him. We'll run towards Him in every situation because we'll know the love and, we'll, and, and our image of Him will be of that love and we'll ask out of that love. Amen? That's true faith. He, in, in Mark eleven twenty two, He said, Have faith in God. He didn't just say have faith. He said have faith in in God. And that's what's important. What, what are you, what's your faith in? What you see God as. Amen. You know, many people see Him as their Savior and, they, and their sins are forgiven and they're on their way to heaven. And that's their only image of Him. That's the only image of the, the Him that they have. But others go further and they see Him as their Redeemer, as their healer, as their provider, as their source, as their everything. Amen? Amen? And those people receive of, an, of His abundance because He's looking to give it to us. Amen? And people say, well, why doesn't He just give it to us? Because there's two things that won't change, His Word and His character. Amen. If He just gives them to you, then He's changed His Word. Amen? You know why faith pleases Him? Because faith must be in His love. Your faith must be in His love and He loves to see you know about His love. Because the more you know about His love, the more you'll receive from His person. Amen? Amen? Amen. That, that's, that's the God we serve. That's the God we... And when we pray, uh, when we pray to God, look at Matthew 21, 22. It says, And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing... You shall receive. Believing what? Believing in love. Believing in God. Believing in the character and the person of God. Remember when God said, I swear by an oath. Okay? So He gave His Word and then a promise. You got, when you got God's Word and a promise, nothing is going to happen but those two things. Amen? And so when we pray, we're praying to the God that His promises are certain. They're so certain that when we pray for them, we should expect them. Yes. Amen? Not, not wait and see if they'll happen. Wait because they're going to happen. Amen. If you trust somebody, when they tell you they're going to do something and you ask them, then you wait to get it. You don't wait to see if you'll get it. How many women in here ever had a baby? And they said you were expecting, right? <laughs> Now, at the end of your expecting, was there something happening then? Right? Why? Because you were expecting to have a baby. Right? When we ask for something from God, we should be immediately begin expecting to get it, to have it, not wondering if we're going to get it, not wondering if He's going to see fit to give it to us, but expecting to have it. It's in His Word. He said in, in 1 John, if, you, if we ask anything... Well, let's just read the verse. 1 John 5, 14. It says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything 
according to his will. Right? So all you got to do is find it, find it in his will. Right? His will's good. So we just got to find it in his will. Healing in his will. Peace, joy, love, prosperity. If it's good, it's in his will. Right? And so if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, we have whatsoever we ask of him. Amen? So what should we begin doing right then? Expecting. There's a story of a, of a small town that uh, was in severe drought. Severe drought. And the church, this one Sunday morning, got together and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're all going to go out to the fairgrounds this afternoon and we're going to pray for rain. So the church got together and said, okay, let's meet right after church out at the fairgrounds. And so they all got together and they started heading towards the fairgrounds. And one boy comes up and he jumps out of his car, reaches back in, pulls out his umbrella. <laughs> Starts walking towards the fairgrounds. Got people saying, it ain't rained here in months. What are you carrying an umbrella around for? You know, so many people pray that way. They pray and then wait to see if it rains to go get their umbrella. If we truly trusted God, we'd bring our umbrella because the boy said, well, we were going to pray for rain, so I didn't want to get wet on the way home. Amen? Amen? That's praying with... Have faith before you pray. Don't pray and then go get your faith. Amen? Let's learn about the God we, that loves us now. Therefore, when we ask, we'll expect. Why? Because we'll see Him in His love. We'll see in what He thinks about me and you. While we were yet His enemy, Christ died for you and me. That's love. That is a love that is unheard of. It says, scarcely do you hear about a man dying for a righteous man, and he died for his enemies. We start looking at that kind of love and we'll start receiving from that kind of love. Amen? Amen? That's the kind of love we want to receive from. That's where we want to go. Amen? That's where our hope should lie. Hope. You know, Brother Moore's talked about hope being an expectation. It's an anticipation. It's an expectation with anticipation. When you anticipate something, you're waiting on it. Right? You're not wondering if it's coming. You're waiting on it. it anticipation. I got, the, I got the definition. Look here. The word accept, which we're talking about, accepting, right? That word means to anticipate. In the Bible, strong concordance, it means to anticipate with hope, right? And the word hope means to anticipate usually with pleasure. Right? Hope. To anticipate with pleasure. Expectation. Confidence. That's what hope is. It's not, it's not what, the, what the world's made it to be. Well, we prayed. I sure hope something happens now. What? It'd be more like, we prayed. I hope something's happening now. <laughs> I'm going to go get set up. I'm grabbing my umbrella. Why? We prayed. We prayed and we asked the God who loves you to do something. 
When somebody prays and you're not feeling well, when they lay hands on you, they're asking the Father in heaven who loves you to heal your body. And it's His good pleasure to do it because He already made provision for it before you got sick. Amen? He, he healed you before sickness. The, the tribulation isn't in keeping the sickness away. It's in quitting, not being tempted to be sick. We're not sick. You know, a lot of people say, I don't feel good, I must be sick. We aren't sick until you say you're sick. That's when you're sick. People say, well, you got a cough, you got a cold, sick is sick. No, I'm not sick. I am the healed, and sickness ain't going to be in here. Right? So what am I doing? I'm expecting me to be the way God said I could be. I'm anticipating health in my body. Right? You people say, well, you ought to just say you're sick if you're sick, by golly. Well, if you do, go get your drugs, go lay on your bed, go whine and moan for a few days until you get better. But I'm going to fight. Right? I'm going to fight first and foremost the temptation to be sick because that's what those, that's what those feelings are. Right? Did you know like the cold, like a common cold or the flu, all those, all those things that happen in your body, like the sore throat and, and all the th- you know, all those bad, th- that's your body fighting. Yeah. That, that's not the sickness making you feel bad. It's your, your body's making you feel bad because it's fighting the sickness. Why? Because we're not created to be sick. We, we were not created. The, Tom read the verse. He created a male and female. After that, you could say not to be sick. And you wouldn't be adding anything to the verse. Why? Because he did not create any sickness. People say, well, he maybe uses it sometimes. No. He doesn't work with the devil. He doesn't work for the devil. He doesn't employ the devil. He doesn't use anything bad to get good to come to pass. People say, well, what about Job? What about Job? What about Job? There's a tape series on it. Brother Moore's got it. And there's you choose and there's a what about Job in there. Grab it after service. <laughs> and you'll learn all about Job. He was a righteous man who, got, who ended up with double Amen. at the end of a nine-month tribulation. Amen. And the last thing that's, that's recorded that he said to God was, surely I spoke things too wonderful for me to know. What about Job? Yep. Hmm. Glory to God. I'll stay, I'll, I'll stay out of that one now. <laughs> where were we? I don't even know where we started or where we're going now. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. What's God's plan for us? What's God expect? Amen? That, what, what does God expect? Right here it says what God expects. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. So like if evil's going on, and evil doesn't mean like witches and goblins and things going on. Evil just means something contrary to God's Word. Amen. That's evil. Right. If, if I don't have enough money, that's evil. Amen. Right? Amen. And God didn't plan it. And that wasn't His thought. And that's evil. If I don't have health in my body, that's evil. Because God didn't plan it. It's not, it shouldn't ought to be there. Amen? And he said, I don't have those kind of thoughts. I have thoughts of peace to give you an expected end. He already knows what he expects. 
He already knows what he expects the end to come out. You reckon it always comes out the way he wanted it to? Because you've got to believe the rest of the verse. You got the, your image of God has to be built above to give you an expected end. It has to be built on, I don't think evil for you. I think peace. If you look at the NIV, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Glory to God. What, what, what's he got for you? He's got a good plan. Right? And if a good plan's not happening, up your image of the Father and get back in. Amen? Amen? And that, you know, those are the things we've got to say. And don't say them to, to make people think you believe them. Say them when you believe them. Yeah. <laughs> right? you got people that would bring the umbrella to the park just to show, just to show you they had faith. That's not faith. No. That's called show and tell, first of all. <laughs> if your heart really expected it was going to rain then you would have brought the umbrella not for a show because you, but because you truly believed it was going to rain. That's right. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense to some people, does it? Yeah, no, there's lots of people, especially in faith circles, who look for things to do to prove they're in faith. If you're in faith, you don't need to prove you're in faith because what, what you're in faith about is getting ready to happen. That will be proof enough. When cancer leaves your body, there you go. <laughs> you know what Brother Moore always said? He said, he said, you know how you can tell if somebody's in faith? And I go, how's that? He said, it's getting better. So that's good. He said, if they're in faith, it's getting better. It's never going backwards if you're in faith. It's getting better. Amen? And, and that, that is truth. And, and to be in faith, though, you got, it's who are you in faith in, right? God's Word. And his person. Right? His word is truth, and the one that spoke it loves you. Amen. You know, I'm convinced that if we just got a hold of God loves us, we could never be sick again. Amen? Because the sickness would try to attack us, and we'd say, God loves me. You can't get that by him. And the devil would say, Well, yeah, but what about what you did? Love covered that, mercy covered that. It's not about what I did. It's about what he did. You know, people think got this punish-reward thing going, right? God punishes you for this and rewards you for that. I don't think so. He gave you Jesus. He is your exceeding great reward. Amen? We punish ourselves by staying in condemnation longer than we should and not receiving the forgiveness when we should get it. We punish ourselves by not running back and confessing our sins to the Father. Amen? Because right. what's it say when you confess your sin to Him? He's faithful and just to forgive you right there, right then. Amen. And you're not doing it for a reward. You're doing it because you love Him. Yeah. Right? Everything we do to get a reward, we need to look at our heart. Amen? Why do we give? Because we love Him. Why do we go to church? Because we love Him. Right? Why do we read the Why do we read our Bible? Because we love Him. Right? That That's your reason. If you've got another reason, then you've got another agenda. Well, I'm trying to get something from Him. Yep, that's exactly right. You're trying to get something that He already gave you in His love. 
Now, do you want to study the scriptures? Yes, because you love him and you want to know more about his love. Because the more we know about his love, the more we're enabled to love. And, and as we love, his love is now spread across the earth in different capacities. You know, people who don't know that God loves them. Man, if you can, if you can give that to somebody, you've saved their life. Not just did you get them to heaven, but now they're on the path to knowing God's love. Not, 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 that, they're not, not that they were going to hell, but they can go to heaven. Amen. Not a fear of hell, but a love of God. Amen? Amen? There's a big difference in the two. And, and when we begin to receive of Him out of His love, and because He loves us, then we receive on a higher level. Right? You know, people say, well, that just tells people they can go out and sin all... No, you can't go out and sin all you want. You'll have no confidence before God. You can't go out and sin all you want. That's not what that means. Because if you love Him, you ain't going to sin. The reason we don't sin is because we love Him. Not to prove how good we are. Because the only thing that's good... We're just like Jesus when, Jesus, when, the, when the boy ran up to Him and said, Good Master, Good Master. And Jesus said, Why do you call me good? You know there's none good but God. When somebody comes up to you and says, Man, you're good. You say, No, but God is. And He's in me. Yeah. He's in me. I, I'm good because He's in me. And every good thing that happens in me is because He's in me. Amen? God's a good God. And that's, that's, that's the image that we want to see all the time. And we want to increase our knowledge, and not just our knowledge of His love, but the comprehension of our knowledge. Knowing something and comprehending it are two different things. I know that the engine in the vehicle I'm driving runs, but I don't comprehend how that happens. <laughs> if I want to comprehend how that happens, i got to search out the deeper parts of it and find out how it works and how it operates. With God, deep does call unto deep. And as you call unto deep with Him, you'll begin to learn more about what? His love. That's what He wants you to know about. Because out of that, that's where your hope is. Hope relies on love. What? His love for you and your, your, your faith in His love for you and His love in you. Amen? Amen? Your hope relies on that. Your expectation of what you're, what, how, how you're, whatever you're going through is going to turn out is built on your hope, and your hope relies on your knowledge of His love. <laughs> Go to Hebrews 6. This is kind of good. I don't know how it's going, so I just, you know, all these pages, they were like this, and now they're like this. It's like the hat game at the, at the ballpark. Which one's it under? You guys don't go to the ballpark? The ballpark's fun. They got hot dogs and nachos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just a mind break. It was going away for just a second. <laughs> Hebrews 6.18. It says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie... We, have, we, we might have a strong consolation. The two immutable things, what did we talk about? His, he, he promised on an oath, right? Gave his word. Promise and his word. Character of God, word of God. Unchanging, forever and ever and ever. They will never change. The character of God is love. 
Every, every quality of love is a quality of God because God is love. So like when you think God got tired of you, he didn't because he's patient and kind. He never, he never gets tired of us, no matter how whiny we are, right? Now, you all got kids, and you know sometimes when they get really whiny, you get tired of them, right? You lock them outside and say, hey, drink out of the water faucet for a while because you ain't coming back in here. Huh? God don't get tired of you. <laughs> Two immutable things. We have a strong consolation in who in who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. What what is the hope again? The anticipation. Anticipation of what? Anticipation that he's never going to change. Right? Your your expectation has got to be that God's never going to change. If he healed you once, he heals you forever. If he saved you once, he saved you forever. If he loved you once, he loves you forever. And he will never change. And it doesn't require you to do something about it. If you never, if there's people that will, that I won't say it like that. There's people that may never receive Jesus Christ as Lord, but he loved them the same as he loves me and you. People say, well, how could he send them to hell? He doesn't. He doesn't. He gives them a choice. He says, life or death, blessing, cursing, Jesus or the world. Amen? God's never sent one person to hell. Ever. Ever, and He never will. He'll always believe they'll choose better. His faith, he, He's for us, not against us. Amen? And we have that hope. We have that hope, that expectation and anticipation that He'll never change. And why, why do you need that hope? Because that's the anchor for your soul. That's the anchor. It doesn't matter how hard the wind's blowing, you don't even notice it. Why? Because your anchor holds. Your anchor, it's the hope is your anchor. The expectation and anticipation that you'll always make it through, that you'll always have more than enough, that your God is going to come through for you. Not, not just part of the time, all the time. It doesn't matter when they come up with some great big word for the sickness that, that's trying to attack you. It doesn't matter because your anchor holds and your anticipation is in His healing power that's built on His love for us. Amen? Glory to God. It says, that's what it says, right? Our anchor? It says, we, which hope we have. What hope? The hope that's set before us which hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into the, in within the veil. Anticipation and expectation of good. Amen? Amen? But if you read his word backwards, right? right? Remember, um, were, we, were we live when I preached in Branson the last Friday night I preached? We talked about the verses in Exodus where it says, he makes the he makes the uh, the dumb and the and the uh, speaking. We weren't. Were, were you guys hear that? No. Man, I wish I could find it really quick. In Exodus, it says that he makes the mouth is what it may, it says, and then it says, "I make the, all peoples." Basically, what he says. But people have taken that verse and made it look like he makes people who can't talk. He didn't say I don't. He said I made the person. And he said, I made their mouth. What he was getting at with Moses 
was he was saying, I made your mouth. I'll tell you whether you can talk or not. Right? He wasn't saying, he was saying, I didn't make you not to talk. You said you can't talk. Right? God doesn't make people that, he makes people that talk, that can talk. He made the mouth and it's made to talk. Amen? It's made to talk. People say, well, I know people have prayed all their life. and they, No, <laughs> you don't. That's experience over God's Word. Amen. The minute you say something like, you know, several years ago, uh, a lady that I look up to immensely, and I still to this day don't know another person like her, my mom, she, uh, she passed away, and uh, she was dealing with cancer. And man, when mom got that diagnosis, there wasn't one person in our family that expected it to turn out the way it did. But you know what? God showed me later that our expectation was in mom and not God. Because we'd watched her minister to so many people over the years and love people. Uh, she was a great woman. She is a great woman of God still today. But we didn't help her by doing that because we put our expectation in her goodness not God's. Good thing some of my family's not here tonight. They might not like that. It's truth. Whether you like it or not, it's truth. Amen? The help would have been, Mom, where's your faith? Where are you at with this right now? Not, that's Mom. She'll get healed. Right? Sometimes people need to be reminded how much God loves them, no matter how much you think they know God loves them. Right? In the middle of the battle, sometimes it's good to see somebody coming up behind you with a sword. No matter how many you've already killed, it's still good to see somebody else coming at the giants with you. Amen? It's not time to say, because what you're doing is you're respecting the person and not God. Right? And when we do that even with ourselves, we say, ah, I've been going to church. I got this, I got this stuff in me. I'm winning this thing. And that's a good thing to say, but make sure you believe what you're saying. Amen? Yeah. Search back in your heart and look at what you're expecting. And if, you're not, if you don't feel like you're expecting everything that you know you should expect, get your faith buddy out. Get your people around you. Get somebody with you to fight the giants. Don't be out there on your own. It don't have faith in faith. We had faith in my mom's faith. If I could change one thing that I did during that whole time, that's what I would change. I wouldn't put my faith in her faith. I'd put my faith in God and I'd say, Okay, God, what do I need to do for mom? Amen. Amen. Amen? There's a, there's a bigger and better way. And, and as we know the love of God, then the love of God now leads us. And we'll catch ourselves believing in faith and having faith in faith because we'll know it won't help that person. Immediately when you say it, the love of God will compel you and say, you're not helping, but you got it in you to help. Let me show you a better way. Amen? Because He'll show you what to say and what to do in every situation. He'll show you where to be. He'll show you where the person is. And you don't have to come up to Him and say, Well, you know what? I just know you're not in faith, okay? Because that ain't going to help Him either. 
Amen? That doesn't help anybody. You're not in faith. Well, it's a little late to tell somebody that now, right? They're in the battle. Say, hey, I'll tell you what. Let me hook my faith with you. Maybe they weren't in faith, and you give them a little step up. Put your faith out there. Amen? That's what the love of God would do. And then you can draw up their expectation. Why? Because now you've hooked something with them to bring them up to another level. Amen? You didn't tell them to come to another level. You've helped them up to another level. When you, when you tell somebody they don't have faith, you're saying, why don't you get up on another level? They're already hurting. They can barely be on the level they're in. Give them a hand up to another level. I didn't say take care of their problem. I didn't say meet their need. I didn't say tell them you're the healer. Lift them up. Bring them up to another level to where they can receive. The love of God wants you to get them to a place where they can receive for what He has for them. Yelling, screaming, calling names, telling people they're, they're not where they're supposed to be, none of that's going to work. Right? None of that's going to work. What's going to work is us operating in the love of God and allowing that love in us and through us to do things that couldn't be done otherwise. Amen? Amen. Healing relies on it. Think about this. When it says in the Bible to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, why does it say that? It's an act of love. What, What did Jesus do when the leper came up to him? Nobody touched lepers. Jesus did. Jesus put hand right on them. And you know what that showed? Love. It didn't show that he was brash. I'm Jesus. I can touch you whether you have leper, leprosy or not. No. He loved him and he did what love would do because he knew what would happen if he touched him. He expected and anticipated what the love of God would do when he touched that man. Amen? Don't just go around laying hands on everybody that says, lay hands on me. If you ain't got love going in you, don't lay hands. The hands are where the love's coming from. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Because when our faith lies in the love of God and in God, then we'll do things out of that faith for God. Amen? We serve a good God. He's looking for us to do great things. Our, the, the greater your image of God gets, the greater example you are to the world. Why? Because you receive on such a high level. Not because you don't, you don't go around saying, well, you know, none of this will happen to me because I'm a child of God. And you, know, you know what? It may happen to you, but it won't happen to me. See, that's not love. That's not love. Just walk around in confidence. You know, something Brother Moore said, and I know he said it years ago, but I heard him say it again uh, a few months ago. He said, don't try to impress. Be impressive. You know what's impressive? People who just walk in the love of God. They don't talk. They don't say things. They don't, they don't try to prove who they are. They don't try, um, I've healed. If they don't get healed when I touch them, they, they're not ever going to get healed. That's pride. Amen? 
The reason, the only reason they're going to get healed when you touch them is because the, the power of God's going to work in you and through you. And that's the only reason. Because you can't heal anybody. I can't heal anybody. But God has healed everybody. And it should be part of the gospel to us. Not only did he, did he die and, you, and save you from your sins, he died and saved you from sickness and disease and poverty and lack and, and turmoil and, and all the things that the devil, everything the devil got into the earth through sin, he took out of the earth by eliminating sin in your life. Amen? And we don't have to have that anymore. But what do we got to know more about? <laughs> to raise our image of God, you want to know more about God. You want to comprehend God, which means you're going to comprehend love. Amen? Go to, uh, uh, I got a scripture here, Ephesians 3. Well, you go to Ephesians 3, I'll read 1 Peter. First Peter says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that's within you. Amen? What's he saying? Why are you always expecting good things to happen to you? When somebody walks up and says that to you, well, you're always happy. Every, you, you never get down. Everything's always going great for you. I don't understand this. What is it? They're asking for what, why you have hope. They're not asking you to tell them how great a person you are. You're, you are now have an invitation to give them the gospel. Amen? Because what they're really asking is, why do you always have an anticipation of good? And you say, because I serve a good God, and He's my Father, and He wants to be your Father. Amen? Amen? You can have the same anticipation in your life that I have in mine right now. Be ready to give answer for the hope, for the steadfastness, for the expectation and anticipation, for the anchor for your soul. Why aren't you moved when everybody else is running around like crazy? Because I have an anchor for my soul. I don't have to go off when everybody else goes off half-cocked. I can go off knowing that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'll always be taken care of. And not only that, He'll take care of you. It's not about me. It's about us. Amen? That's the anchor for our soul. That's the reason for the hope within us. And when somebody asks for that reason, we should have it every time. People, if you don't have anticipation and expectation, nobody's coming to you and asking you for the reason for hope within you because you don't have any. Hopelessness is the enemy. Amen? It's the enemy. Hopelessness, if you look at any situation that's going the wrong direction, there's hopelessness involved. No expectation of good at all. Because the minute they get an anticipation and an expectation of God's goodness coming towards them, it's coming. Amen? And it's, and it's, and it's real. And that, but that's how real we got to be. You've got to be willing to say, you know what? When I heard that, in the back of my mind, I didn't expect something good. People say, oh, do you want to say that? If you want to be real, you do, because it can be fixed, <laughs> right? 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And you say, you know what? I wasn't expecting the best things, but I got in the Word of God and I found out. I found out that I'm the one He loves and that He has a good plan for me and I'm not going under, I'm going over. Amen? I found out. I didn't expect something great, but now I do. I have an anticipation that the goodness of God, you'll be like David in what Psalm 27 is saying, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What's he? He's anticipating good. Why? That's why you don't faint. People with no expectation quit. You know, I, I tried jogging for a few years. <laughs> No, I'm not trying it lately. <laughs> but I always noticed if I could get to where I could see the end, I could run harder those last few yards. But it was really easy to quit in the middle because I was worn out and tired and I could not see the end. I could see no end. And see, that's what happens with so many Christians. They get in the middle of the fight and they can't see the end. They lose track that God said, I've got an expected end for you. It's called victory. It's called, not only is it called victory, it's called more than conqueror victory. Not only are you going to overcome, but you're going to overcome and have more than you had before this started. Amen? And if we could see that end in the middle, in the start, in three quarters of the way, then we'd run all the way because we always could see the end. And that gives you strength. Why? Because you got an expected end. That's when, when he says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. What's he saying? Those that have a vision of God's goodness and don't lose track of it will never quit. Amen. And people who never quit will be strengthened. They'll be raised up. They'll be renewed like the eagles. People that don't quit will never lose. Why? They never quit. The only way a Christian can lose is quit. It's the only way we can lose is quit. There is no other way. Amen? I know because I've quit before. And I've not quit before. And I came out in victory when I didn't quit. And I came out with a big loss when I quit. Did I say go to Ephesians? Yeah. Ephesians, this is the prayer that, that Paul prayed. And what he's doing is he's, he's saying, I want you to get a vision of God. This is what Paul's praying. He's saying in verse 16... He says, I pray, and he's, uh, in verse 15, he says, I pray to the God. And, and he said that, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. He wants you to be strengthened with might. Why? So that, the, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend... Now, now read that A lot of people are searching the Bible to know, but they're not searching the Bible to comprehend. Right? You got people that memorize chapters of the Bible, but they comprehend none of it. Right? Amen. Amen. You know, well, think about this. When you're a little kid, I'll just tell you what I did when I was a little kid. You know, the 23rd Psalm. They said, The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. And I'm like, and I, and I always thought, why don't they want him as their shepherd? <laughs> why? I didn't comprehend the verse. Right? People do that all the time. And they're not comprehending the verse. That's what I thought. I'm, I never could figure out that verse. I'm like, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why don't I want him? 
I thought he was my shepherd. I shall want. But that's not what it's talking about. There's a comprehension. I knew the verse. I could quote it. I could say, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. And I'd, then I'd sit there and think, wonder why I don't want him. That was, my, that was my deep thinking when I was seven. <laughs> Finally, when I was 27, I learned the verse. <laughs> yeah, some, some people are slow. <laughs> it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. He doesn't just want one of us to comprehend this. You know why? Because there's power in numbers. That the more we all comprehend this, the, the greater the church will be. We would draw people by the millions if love was drawing them. Amen? If we were operating in love, if we weren't worried about whether or not they had the right program for us or not. I can't go to that church because, you know, I like to do this and they don't let me. So I'm going to go to church where they let me do this because me needs to do this. Can you just see the selfishness in that whole sentence? I can't, I can't go to that church because they won't let me do this. Did you ask God if you could go to that church? Because He's the one that should decide where we go, right? Because where He puts us is where we fit. You know? We're a cog in the wheel of this church. And if God says this is where you belong, you won't fit in another church. You may go there all your life, but you'll never fit. Right? <laughs> Go over to this side. <laughs> it's just true. We're called to the body as a whole, but we're called to a body in particular. Amen? And we're a part of that body. And in being a part of that body, we're to fit in where we belong. It's why it's important to pray about going to You don't want to go to a church just because you like the speaker there. I have people, we have people all the time say, we need to find a church in our area that believes like your church. I'm like, no, you need to find a church in your area that God says go to. They may not believe at all like our church. But at least if you go there, one person in their church will believe like us. Right? Hey, I taught, a Bible, I taught Bible study after Bible study in a denominational church for seven, eight years. And it grew and grew and grew. Amen? And I wasn't teaching against the church I was in. I was just teaching that God was good. And guess what? I found out people really like to know that. Do you know that people everywhere in all denominations like to hear how good God is? And man, if you can put a scripture with it, they just start believing it. Amen? Next thing you know, they start getting healed too. They start prospering in their business and their lives too. Because the plan for them is the same as the plan for you. Just because you believe this way and they believe that way doesn't mean God changed His plan for them. It means their vision of God needs to come up. How could you get your vision to them? You got, sometimes you have to go where they're at. Yep. Right. <laughs> like, we ain't catching any fish tonight, are we? We ain't fishing. We ain't near the water. Sometimes when you're a Christian, you got to go where God sends you because that's where you're supposed to be. He'll say, I'm just not comfortable there. You will be. Go, go and be who God made you to be right there, and you will be comfortable. Amen? Amen? Amen. That was all free. Not even in the notes. <laughs> and don't leave where you're supposed to be 
because it ain't got the right program for you. You know, I want to have service this night, and they have it that night. Pray for a different job. Right? Pray for better hours. Right? We have people say, well, I can't take that job because it doesn't have the right hours. I would, I'd have to miss church. Get the job and then believe for favor. Right? Okay, okay here we go. <laughs> That's Ephesians. Ephesians 3.16. Duck those tomatoes. <clears throat> that God would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might in, in, by His Spirit in, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in what He wants you to comprehend. The very thing that He wants you to comprehend is what He wants you to be rooted and grounded in. Amen? He said, he said that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth and the height. See, he's not, he's not just saying, I want you to know that God loves you. He's saying, I want you to know the love of God. Yeah. Lots of people know that God loves them, but he's saying, you need to know the love of God. He said, if you'll comprehend it, greater things will happen in you and through you. Amen? Amen. Because comprehending the love of God is so much greater than knowing it, than, than just knowing God loves you comprehending it is knowing he loves you so much and he loves others just like you comprehending god's love is is knowing how how far that love goes you know how far it goes it goes further than the east is from the west that's how far he threw your transgressions amen that's how far it goes you want to go how deep it goes you're never going to hell he went there for you he went to the deepest part of the earth for you glory to god he's a good god that's the love he's talking about. And I want you to, he wants us to comprehend it. Amen. Not just know it. He doesn't want us just to quote it off the top of our head. He wants us to know it from our heart so that when we're asked for the reason for the hope that's within us, we bubble over. We bubble over. And when sickness or disease or anything else tries to get near us, we say, Ooh, you're hitting, you're buttoned right up against love. And it's not going to work out for you. I have an anticipation that I will be well today and I'll be more well tomorrow and I'll be the wellerest person you ever knew in a month. It's a new word for us, wellerist. You can't get more weller than that. Amen? That we would comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ. What's he saying? I want you to comprehend and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That's why he says I want you to comprehend it because it passes knowledge. I want you to know something that's greater than knowledge. Why, why is he so careful with the word knowledge? Remember what, he said, what Paul said about knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. So I don't want you just to know about love so you can tell everybody what you know about love. I want you to know about love so that you'll use that love to operate in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to, to call on that love when sickness or disease comes on your life. I want you to know that that love is in you and available at all times to take care of you and all those that are around you. I want you to comprehend I want you to comprehend with all the saints. Why? Because your expectation comes up 
when, you, when, the, when, the, when your knowledge and your comprehension of your love comes up. Why? Because what you're finding out is about God and the image of God. You know, David said, magnify the Lord. How do you magnify him? You've got to get a greater vision of him to magnify him. Right? You've got to know more about him to magnify him. Like, if I just knew that you could run fast, say, well, he can run fast. But if I want to magnify him, I say, well, not only can he run fast, he can throw good. Now I'm starting to magnify him. Well, not only can he throw good, he can hit. What? You're magnifying him. Why? Because you're learning more about him. Right? And so you start out and you say, he forgives your sins. <laughs> wow, that's great. I'm forgiven. He heals all your diseases. What? Now I know more about him. Now I know not only is he fast and he can hit, he forgives my sins and he heals all my diseases. That's how you know more about him. And you believe what you hear about him. It's his word. It's truth. Amen. It'll never change. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. And as you learn more about him, you begin, you begin to receive those things. But then out of that love, you don't go to somebody and they say, I've been dealing with sickness. You say, well, he forgave all, he forgave all your sins and healed all your diseases. Too stupid to receive it? See, there's no love in that. And you got people doing it out there. You should, you should get them to receive it the same way you did. One day you looked at it and you said, wait a second. He forgave my sins because he loved me. He healed my diseases because he loved me. <laughs> Satisfies my mouth with good things because he loves me. Right? That's all it says. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It doesn't say that it's benefits require Hail Marys or anything else. Amen. And I'm not talking that about the Catholic Church. It doesn't require you to quote scriptures off your mirror every morning either. How about that? That's just a, Hail Mar Hail, a faith Hail Mary or, or a word of faith Hail Mary many times. Now, I'm not saying don't put the scriptures on your mirror. Put them up there, keep them in your eyes, keep them in your ears. But when you're doing it by rote... Instead of doing it by heart, you're losing its value. Amen? I'll get all kinds of letters, and I actually do have to read them. So. <laughs> Remember what the more say? Don't send them. Dave won't want to read them. Dave still reads them. I'll write you a nice one back, though. In love. Not a letter, an email. Because if I wrote a letter, you wouldn't be able to read it. <clears throat> comprehend with all the saints the breadth the length the depth and the height and what's he saying i want you to get a better vision of who god is so that your expectation will be greater because you're you will never receive more than you expect from him and you'll never expect more than you see from him if you can't see him as big as he is you can't receive him as big as he is amen so he says i want you to know that. that's why paul's praying this prayer for us because he wants us to know this he wants us to get a hold of these truths. And then after all that, he says, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What's he saying? That the more of God's love that you know about, the fuller you can be of him. Why? Because you can only receive what you know about him. You're only receiving what you know. You're only receiving what you comprehend. Why? Because you don't have an image of him outside of this. He forgave my sins, but he's not my healer. But then the minute you comprehend the love side of healing, now you've got the forgiveness and the healing all at the same time. Why? Because you comprehended them. 
and they were a part of His love. And as we comprehend them, that's when the next part of the verse comes into play because we're getting filled with the fullness of God. And then He says, Now to Him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. What's He saying? If you'll learn and comprehend more about His love, the more we know, the more abundant He can be in your life. Right? What's it say? It says, He can do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask and think according to His power. Does it say according to His power? No, it says according to the power that works in us. What is the power at work in you? The knowledge and comprehension of God's love. And the more we comprehend it, the more exceeding abundance comes. And it's not just exceeding abundance. What's He saying? I can do exceeding abundant above all you can ask or think. In other words, I'll take care of your little life and you'll spill out on others because you'll have so much exceeding abundance in my love that you will begin to go into other people's lives and get involved with their things and you'll be praying for the sick and they shall recover. Amen? Why? Because you have a revelation of the love of God at work in your life and through your life. And as you have that revelation, you begin to go out looking for people to, to, to lay hands on. Why? Because you love them. That's why Jesus found them. He found them because He loved them. And they found Him because He knew that He had the love of God. What did people always say about Him? He said, something different about Him. Something different about Him. And, and when, he spe- when He spoke, they'd say, you know, He spoke like somebody that had authority. Why? Because He knew the love of God. He knew something that no one else knew. Right? And he did things that no one else did. That's right. And then Paul said, if you can know those same things, you'll do things that nobody else is doing. Amen. And you'll do them in an exceeding abundant manner. Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. If you're only thinking about you when you read that verse, right? And <laughs> we've all... Okay, I've done it. You guys haven't, so don't do that. You know, I know, I know when, when I didn't have the money to pay my bills and things weren't going good, I quoted that scripture all the time. And that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Getting faith for my exceeding abundant God to take care of my life. Amen? But there comes a time where you've got to quote that scripture for you and through you. He's able to do exceeding abundantly according to the power that's at work within me. So the more comprehension of God's love that I have working in me, the more valuable I am outside, outside into, into others' lives. Amen? Why? Because I'm operating at a higher level now. I, I, I've got exceeding... Why do you need exceeding abundance? So it can just spill out? Right? Exceeding abundance means to the top, pressed down overflowing that's exceed it's called superabundant i think if you look at like the living bible or something like it says superabundance in other words you'd be like abraham you can't fit all your stuff where you got to go right Right? and that's what we would be like so rather than trying to fit it we give it rather than trying to to keep it to ourselves we tell others amen He's able to do exceeding abundantly according to the power or the the comprehension of God's love in you. Amen? That's the power that's at work in us. 
That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. What? His love for you raised Jesus from the dead. His love for you and me raised Jesus, went into the pit of hell and brought Jesus back. We are his thought all the time. God doesn't wake up one morning and say, I got to think about me. I need some me time. I have been dealing with these people for nigh on 6,000 years now. And and I'm just tired of it. They're not doing anything for me. I did everything for them. Can you imagine? It's hard to even joke about God saying that because he doesn't have that thought ever. He's always thinking about how his love can affect your life more and the lives of others around you. That's why he had Paul pray this prayer. Because I said, if I can get this to him and in him, then through him I can change the world. Amen? Amen. He was thinking about people who weren't saved when he he wrote these verses. Because he was thinking, if I can tell them more about my love, the, the excitement and the reality of Jesus Christ will come through them to others in such a great magnitude that people will get saved on a wholesale level. Amen? Because that's what it does. People will get healed before sickness even has a chance to even take root. Why? Because they comprehend the love of God and they just, they just write it off right then. The sickness tries to come and they say, in the name of Jesus, I don't have to have that. God loved me so much that he sent Jesus so I don't have to have that. And the reality becomes so big within you that it's not just words, it's anticipation. It's expectation. It's your anchor for your soul. Glory to God. And when we grab hold and we stand firm on that anchor that says, I don't have to be sick, I don't have to be broke, I don't have to have turmoil in my life, I don't have to have turmoil in my house, I can have peace, I can have love, my house can have peace, my kids can can grow up and, and not mess up. Guess what? Parents, since I dove into this, you can't make your kids do what you want by keeping them where you think they ought to be. They're over here, man. <laughs> there comes a time where they're going to have to choose who's God. That, that God's their God. That, that, that they'll serve your God for a season. Kids serve their parents' God. But there will come a day where they've got to choose to serve God on their own. Whether you ever served God again, they would serve Him. Amen? And you can't close them in enough to, keep, to, to make that happen. You have to put things in them to ensure that it will happen someday, whether you're there or not. You know, what I learned with my daughter is that I couldn't always be there because when she first started growing up, I, I wanted to be there for her. And, and if something bad was going to happen, I wanted to be there. And I don't know why I thought I was Superman that could take care of it because I wasn't. And I needed to get God involved. And it took me years to get God involved because I didn't want her to serve God because I served God. I wanted her to serve God because he loved her and he had a plan for her life. And it was the best for her. 
But me pushing her one direction or another was pushing her away. When I quit pushing, she found God for herself. Amen? And I'm not saying don't live your life as a Christian around your kids, but don't, you can't push God on your kids. You can't put them in the right places enough times to make them choose God. Because if you make somebody choose God, they didn't really choose, did they? Amen? That was free. It wasn't even part of the message. You got it for free. You may say, well, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about. I may not. We'll see. How many of you in this room came to a day where you had to decide to serve God? Not because your parents did, but because you knew He was your Lord and Savior. Everybody's got to make that choice for themselves one day. Everybody. It's just true. Where were we? Now to Him that is able... (laughs) to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. As we receive that, as we receive the love of God into our lives, as as we grow in the knowledge of this love and comprehend this love for us and through us, we begin to be greater people and people around us begin to receive things at a higher level as well. Why? Because you love them. Think about everywhere Jesus went. Everybody around there got healed, right, and got, got, got rid of oppression from the devil. Why? Because he operated in this, in this knowledge of this love. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the image of God on the earth. And as we grab hold of that image, then we decide to be like him. And as we decide to be like him, and we begin to walk in the knowledge of this love and comprehending God's love for us and for others, you can't just comprehend it for you. It can't just be God loves me. It's got to be God loves you. Amen? Amen. People don't do things because God loves me. They do things because God loves you. Jesus did things because God loved me. Amen? That's why it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus died because God loved me. Amen? A lot of people say, Jesus loved you. Yes, Jesus loved you because God loved you. Amen? People say, well, I just can't love them. Yes, you can because God loves them and you're operating in His love. There's no one we can't love. And if we'll comprehend that, there's no situation we can't be a part of. Amen? And so as we grow in this knowledge... And, and we grow in the, in the comprehension of God's love in us and through us, then we begin to operate at a higher level because we're not the sick, we're the well. And as the well, we walk around doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. Amen? We walk around with the goodness of God in our life, uh, and not to just tell people, but tell anyone who wants to know. Amen? And as we do it, we, we, the people around us Come to a better understanding of God's love too, and their vision of God's love is increased. Amen? Okay. You guys still with me on this? <laughs> look at uh, Psalm 40. Now look at Lamentations 325. We'll close with that. Lamentations 325. Sometimes you get started and you really don't know where to end. But this is where we're going to end. 
Lamentations 3.25. says, The Lord is good sometimes. See, but a lot of people would look at this and they'd say, Well, He's good to those who wait on Him. He's not good to the other people. No, it's the Lord is good unto them that wait on Him. The Lord's good no matter what. If you don't wait on Him, you just won't know His goodness. Right? The Lord is good. That's the thing we've got to settle in our heart to get our expectation up. You've got to settle that the Lord is never bad. He never operates in bad. He, never, he, he, he doesn't employ the devil. He doesn't let something bad happen to you to teach you a lesson. God is good. If you have that as a foundation, you will never slip off. You will never go the wrong direction because you'll always come back to that foundation. God is good, and He does good, period. And if a question comes up and you can't answer it, you know what the answer is? God is good, and He does good. I don't know about that, but I do know this. God's good, and He does good. It's real simple. You don't have to, you don't have to answer a whole lot of questions that way. And God may give you an answer for somebody's question, but the truth is God's good, and He does good. And if it, if it is bad and it looks bad, then it's not God. Amen. Right? It's real simple. But people want to question God. When you don't expect of God, you're questioning His goodness. Or you're just literally not believing in His goodness. Amen? <laughs> when, when we quit waiting on God, what are we doing? We gave up on His goodness. Because yeah, you have people all the time say, oh, God's good. He's going he's to take care of this. God is good. And, and, and I'm expecting any minute now that this is going to be over. I'm going to be through it. Everything's going to be good. And you see them three days later and they say, you know, maybe I did this. Maybe They're, they're looking for answers to why they're in their situation. Stick with God is good. And when you get out of the situation, you know how many years it's been since my mom passed away that God was able to tell me what I, did, what I didn't do? Hmm? This week. And she passed away five or six years ago. So I, don't, I don't keep anniversary dates of passing away because she's still alive. Amen. So there's, no, there's no reason. She's just going on somewhere else. Amen. She's probably sitting up there saying, you're preaching too long, son. Quit. <laughs> no, actually, she'd sit there and listen forever. We used to talk for hours about the gospel. And the Lord is good to those who wait Look at this in the, in the, in the uh, Amplified. It says, The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for Him. We're not just going to wait wondering if He's coming. We're going to wait knowing He is. Yes. Amen? We're going to wait knowing. You, you guys know the story of Pastor Bill the, the in New York? that has the children's ministry, the bus ministry where he buses in kids from all over New York. You guys ever seen him? Huh? You guys? And, and his story is, is that when he was a little kid, his mom didn't have the money to raise him, so she t- they took him and left him on a doorstep sitting on a porch. And I may not tell the story exactly right because it's been a few years since I heard it, but um, she never came back. And several several days later... He was still sitting there, and a, and a Christian came and picked him up, and the story goes on from there. But he waited. What was he waiting? He couldn't believe that his mom who loved him wasn't coming back. Amen? 
we should have a greater expectation in God than kids have. Uh, I remember my parents forgot me at school one time. I just stayed at school. I knew they were coming. Why? My parents loved me. I knew they were coming. Right? Of course, eventually the school called them and said, would you please come get this kid? He won't quit talking. He won't quit playing. I can't do anything with him. Please come get him. We should have that kind of expectation for our Father, our Father God. He always does what he says he'll do. He will always come through for you. And he, he didn't put you in the fire. No. <laughs> he said you'd go through it. You know what? When the fire can't burn you, going through a fire is like walking through water. Exactly. Neither one of them can hurt you, so who cares? Amen. Right? Amen. If you're looking and your expectation is on the Lord, what's around you has no bearing on your expectation. Why? Because your expectation's in Him. Amen. And that's what this says. It says the Lord is good to those who wait expectantly and hopefully. If you look at that verse, it would say, that wait for Him with anticipation and pleasure. Glory to God. How many people want to wait on the Lord with, an, with pleasure-filled anticipation? Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's people in here who've been waiting to get healed. And the truth of the matter is, is you already be healed. Does that make sense? You don't have to get healed because when you got saved, you became healed. The stripes on, the, on Jesus' back bore your healing. Amen? So don't, don't, don't be waiting to get healed. Be expecting to be healed. Right? <laughs> Maybe it was somebody over here. Don't keep waiting to get healed. Expect to be healed. People that be healed be healed every day of their life. Because it's not what they are, it's who they are. They be healed. It, it, it's your being. Amen? And God be healed you. Amen? Yes. Play for me. God's got a good plan. Your healing was part of it. Amen? Branson, your healing was part of it. Internet, your healing was part of it. And the love of God is what brought that, in, brought that to pass. It brought it to pass when, it, when Jesus went to the whipping post and took those stripes on his back. It brought it to pass when he hung on the cross. He brought it to pass when Jesus went to the pit. He brought it to pass when love raised him from the dead for you because he loved you. Amen? The reason God wants you well is because he loves you. It's not that he just hates sickness. He loves you. He doesn't do things because he hates something. He does things because he loves someone. Everything he's ever done, he did because he loved us. Amen? And tonight, if you're in here and you got any kind of sickness, any kind of pain, anything going on in your life that's evil, it's not his plan. He has no plan to harm you. He has plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. Expect something greater from God and you'll get it. Amen? Expect it. You guys got a song?
God. Just close your eyes for a minute. Let's not get in a rush here. God wants to do some things for some people. You know, before you came here tonight, before you watched on the internet, you didn't have the comprehension how much God cared for you until just now. And that comprehension of God's love is now working healing in your body. It's now working. There's some cancer that's got to go right now because it doesn't have a place in your life. It doesn't have a place because the comprehension of God's love for you and that He healed your body is now come into place in your life. And it's greater than the report of their sickness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Sing that again. some uh, teenagers in here tonight that when I spoke that about serving your parents God, you, it, it hit a chord with you and you've been serving your parents God and tonight you're making him your God. You're making him your God. If you're a teenager in here right now, make him your God. He loves you. You comprehended that he loves you. He doesn't love you through your parents. He loves you and your parents. Amen. So go ahead and receive that love. Go ahead and make him Lord of your life not Lord of your parents' life over you. Amen? And watch the changes it makes in your life. Your choices will be so much richer, so much better. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Everybody pray this with me. Father God, well, let's just do it this way. I like it. We'll just pray that Ephesians prayer over us. How about that? Pray this at me. Father God, I pray that according to the riches of Your glory, that we would be strengthened with might by Your Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that, that we, being rooted and grounded, in love may be able to comprehend with everyone, with all the saints, with all our brothers, with all our sisters, that we would comprehend what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. And now unto Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask 
or imagine. According to the power that works in us, we receive your goodness. We receive comprehension of this love. Work through this power exceedingly abundantly in all areas. Help us to walk in your love, to live in that love, to walk towards others with your love. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you heal us, that you keep us. Praise you, Father. Just give him glory. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Rob, you want to come up and close? Thank you, Lord. for you. Praise the Lord. Go tell somebody else about it.